This is exactly right. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, honey. And June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens. And don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the Detective Club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out. You never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Hi, I'm Erin Welsh. And I'm Erin Almond Updike, and we're the hosts of This Podcast Will Kill You on Exactly Right. We're back with our seventh season, which is bigger and better than ever. Because guess what? We're now a weekly show. This season, we're tackling everything from long COVID to norovirus, from the supplement industry to IVF, and so, so much more. New episodes drop every single Tuesday. Follow This Podcast Will Kill You wherever you get your podcasts. It's me, Roz. I'm joined again by an absolute icon of the drag world and a friend of mine named Coco Peru, also known as Clinton Loop. And Coco, you may know from so many appearances in movies and TV shows. I mean, Will and Grace. Dead End Paranormal Park, which is a new animated show on Netflix. Super cute show. And Coco is, I mean, she has an iconic voice. And so she lends it to the show. And I got, I got to talk to her out of drag, which is very, very rare. There is a video of it on YouTube, and that'll be linked in the show notes. And um, she's one of the most requested guests to come back on the show. She was actually on the show, I looked it up, and it was two years ago, almost to the date. It was very much in the thick of lockdown. I might have been 
recording on my phone at the time. I'm not really sure, but either way, the audio's fine. She has so many stories, not just ghost stories, a lot of extraterrestrial type stories. And I got the tea. I got her to open up about it. And she she really delivered. And it's a two-part episode. And I recommend, if you've never heard it, to go back and listen because she has so many stories. They're so good. Anyway, so she's in Spain right now. And we hopped on Zoom, and we had this conversation. So I hope you enjoy. And as always, Patreon, I've got bonus episodes on my second tier. And I just did one of Delaware. You know, I'm doing all the states and going through the paranormal phenomena of each state. And so Delaware, that would mean Florida is the next one, which I will be releasing at some point this week. And... um, I really appreciate when you support the show like that. But either way, I appreciate you for listening, and I hope you enjoy this conversation with Clinton Loop, a.k.a. Coco Peru. On with the show! Oh my god. I am joined once again by Coco Peru. Hello. Also known as Clinton Loop, and this I believe this is the first interview I'm doing out of drag because I just don't give a can I curse? Usually not, but I don't give a hoot. I don't give a hoot anymore. I okay. You know, I'm so honored because you also told me that the last time you were on this podcast was the first time you had talked about your paranormal experiences. Mm -hmm. So. What is it about me that I keep getting all of these exclusives from Coco Peru? I'm honored. I guess you have powers, Ross. What can I say? I do. Okay, I love you. You know you do. I bought okay, so since the last time we spoke, I I think you I I went to Roswell. (gasps) Because I, you know, during the pandemic, all my shows were canceled. So I had all these plane tickets. Yeah. Uh, I had to I had to use some of them. So when they first let us out, uh, and Ruff and I felt safe, we went to Santa Fe, and I said, "Can we please go to Roswell for one day?" So we drove there, and I went to the UFO museum, and I bought this hat, and I bought a shirt as well that I'm wearing. I went oh, crazy. Oh my god! The city of Roswell owes you so much money for that advertisement right now. Well, let me tell you, it was a real kind of um, dump. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that added the charm to me. I absolutely... The the town in general? The town in general is nothing like spectacular. Mm. But, you know, I kind of loved that about it. And the museum was a little tacky. But come on. You know, I love tacky, so I was eating it all up. But I will say this. It offered the story of what happened there. They did a really good job at that in the museum. And also, they had an entire library. And that library, for some reason, really impressed me. Uh, with newspaper art, people go there to actually research. Yeah. And so um, it was the first time in my life where I was standing somewhere where I, I felt like, Okay, there's other people that get get this and and 
take it seriously. And oh, for that totally. reason, it felt very affirming to me. And I, and for that reason, I loved it. Well, you know, my full name is Roswell Hernandez. It is not. No, it's not. But I thought about that. <laughs> um, I do have a theory that aliens come to Earth to feel better about wherever they live. So if you say it was a dump, maybe they were, maybe that's why. They chose that know, area. They came down here and they were like, oh my God, look at this place. And then they crashed because they were looking at everything. Yeah. Could be. It's a theory. So you, you, okay. <laughs> I listened back to the last time you were on and you had 30,000 stories most of them were from childhood. A lot of them were alien type stuff. Do you have anything that's happened since then? No. And I, I have to laugh because you sent me that email with all the bullet points of what I had talked about. Those were and some. I thought, Those were some. <laughs> I thought, that's a lot. I really, I went overboard, didn't I? No, you didn't. People tell me all the time that they want you back and how much they love your episode. People sure. loved your episode so much. And I'm always like, I don't want to bother Coco Peru because, first of all, she's the star of a Netflix TV show right now. She's very busy. She travels around the world. She's currently in Spain right now. So thank you for taking the time. I appreciate it. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. I love talking about this kind of stuff because I really get I rarely get to talk about it with people who aren't looking at you like, mm-hmm, oh, you know. Yeah. It's it's still hard for me to talk about it. But that's why I loved that museum so much. Truly. It yeah. felt so and also since we've spoken, the actual government has come forward saying, okay, we acknowledge that this is happening and it, it exists. So it, it just, I've always known they exist since my, mm-hmm. my childhood. And you keep saying that you're crazy or you, you must have false memories. But um, I mean, I even went to a therapist once and this these memories came up and, and he tried to persuade me to think that, you know, I had somehow been molested and that's what this was really about, you know? So. Yeah, I have heard that where... People will say, no, you weren't abducted. You were just disconnecting, you know, trying to block out trauma or, you know, whatever. Right. I don't know. I hear a lot of stories that that convince me otherwise. I can talk about trauma. I remember trauma. You know what I mean? That's why it's like, I don't I don't believe that. Okay, wait a second. I have a story that I was wondering if you had ever heard about. I did a little bit of research here about a mm-hmm. famous UFO story in Zimbabwe. Do you yes, know about this one with, the, with the students? I do, because I watched that documentary, The Phenomenon, and it's, yes! it's part of that. Yes! And so I actually wrote to the filmmaker, like, as he was uh, making the, I was waiting for it to come out, and I kept writing him saying, when is this coming out? And he actually took the time to answer me, which I thought was so sweet. So when it finally came out, I bought it for $20, all right, to stream it. I was obsessed. And that wait, wait, story- wait. are you talking about the, the new, there's a new documentary called mm-hmm. The Aerial mm-hmm. Phenomenon. No, I'm talking about The Phenomenon, which has a section of that 
yes. story within it. Now there's a new documentary, which I haven't watched yet, but there's I will. There's a new one that's just about this case. Yes. But it was my favorite part of the phenomenon, which you can now watch on Discovery+. Plus. Uh, it Okay, well, let's talk about it. And for anyone that doesn't know that's listening to this, we'll, we'll educate you a bit based on what I've researched. Uh, it's known as the Ruwa UFO incident at the Ariel School. And uh, this was in 1994, September of 1994. And over the days that were leading up to the event in... Southern Africa, there was a glowing ball of fire that was seen passing through the sky, which was later debunked. It was actually confirmed that it was a rocket. Uh, But there were other people. There was a young boy that apparently saw something. And there was a trucker that saw what he believed to be alien beings that were on the road. And so the, the main thing that we're talking about here was... There were 62 students at this private school that were between the age of 6 and 12 that saw some shit at 10 a.m. on their recess. And the thing is, when there's like a bunch of kids, as you can imagine, they've got different, they all have different stories or, you know, it all, it appeared different or they, there's a lot going on there. But basically they said that they saw multiple silver oval shaped crafts of some sort with colored lights on them flying around and then it they land well at least one of them landed right beyond their playground right and they saw multiple humanoid creatures that were standing next to the craft that they described having big black eyes and a black suit or like Mm -hmm. you know some kind of which i'm glad you know these aliens like to let it all hang out so i was happy to hear that they had on a suit. You don't always hear that they have on clothes. Whenever you've had alien experiences, do you believe that they were naked or did they have clothes on? I have no memory of uh, encountering aliens, so I wouldn't know what they were wearing. I think I have encountered aliens, but I don't, I, I don't have any, you know, memory of it. I just know that I had a chunk of time missing. They were probably naked, let's be honest. Well, I they- hope so. I'm trying to get me an alien husband to take me away. (laughs) So they said that these ones had long torsos with little legs. Um, She said that they were standing about one meter away from them. And there's so in that documentary, there's those really cute videos of the little kids and they have their little accents and they're talking about what they saw. And if you go to YouTube now, there's actually... um, the videos of them being interviewed and there's drawings that they did of what they saw. And it's so cute, but But it's very, it's very compelling. And it's kind of, I'm not even going to say kind of, it's beautiful. The children are so sincere Mm -hmm. in what they saw. And then they interview them now as adults and their stories stay the same. Mm -hmm. And there's just something about, you know, when you meet people that have had an experience and you know you've had your experience, they say it in such a way where you you realize, oh, they're telling the, the truth. Right. And, and, and to me, these kids, both as uh, the, the children when they were first interviewed and later, are clearly, for me, telling the truth about what they saw. And what was the most beautiful for, for me as an adult uh, and what really resonated with me was 
what the aliens were telling them. And that was, you know, they, these kids were being, uh, like they were transmitting these images to these children and the images were the destruction of our planet. Yes, that's probably the most important part of this, that, and and they're not the only people that have told stories like this. Like, right. it seems that these extraterrestrials literally are like, hey, we can see you from up above, and it's a mess down there. You need to get it together, especially these young children. You know, it seems like some of them were saying that they were under the impression or whatever that the aliens were telling them, you guys are young, you're the future, you're going to be here for a long time, so you need to tell people to recycle and take care of the earth. I just, It's a beautiful story. It is. Um, and 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 what what how it triggered me in a way about that is since I'm a little kid, I have been obsessed with litter. And my first job was cleaning my neighborhood. <laughs> um, there was a time when uh, I don't know if I talked about this on the last episode, but I was driving with my mother and we had had a terrible storm that they call nor'easters in the where I grew up and we lived on a little island and the tide had come up and when it receded it left all this garbage behind in bushes on the streets and sidewalks and my mother and I were driving and my mother said look at how look at the mess and I said mother nature threw up on us I was really <laughs> little and my mother said, what are you talking about I said we made her sick and she threw up. Oh and my so, God. Yeah. That's and brilliant. I was, I, I was obsessed with, it's why I wanted to live in Disney world because it was clean and they took care of things. And I, I was always as a child wanting to take care of the water where we grew up. I, I, it was just an obsession of mine. So when I saw this documentary and these kids talking about that, I thought, wow, you know, ever since I was little, that has been something that has consumed me. Do you think that there is some kind of connection there? Do you think that? Yes, I do. And 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 one of the um, gentlemen in the phenomenon that works for the government, where they were talking about how these crafts were hovering over uh, nuclear sites where, you know, these bombs are. And it was hovering over and it beamed down this red light and shut down the entire system. And they had no control over it. And what he said was the impression that he was left was clearly this was an intelligence. And they were saying, you're playing with matches and you're going to get burned. Be careful. And I, totally. as if, as if these aliens were treating them like children, like we, you have, you really don't have control. You think you do, but you know, so I, I, I hope that, um, you know, there are days where I just want a big, massive, you know, meteor to hit this earth and let some new creatures evolve and take over because I feel like we don't deserve this planet. I said that to my mother recently and she goes, you're sick. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I do do have these fantasies, but I I, I do think that that's tied into the the alien experience is the uh, taking care of the earth. I, I, I feel like whether or not there's some sort of alternate reality or alternate um, planes of existence, how we treat this earth is somehow affecting their reality. Yeah. 
Totally. Or they're just like straight up, they can look at us and they're like, like maybe it's like the Truman Show or something. And they're like, we love this show, but it's going to get canceled. (laughs) (laughs) You guys need to do something here. You know what is funny, though? There's this article online. uh, Sorry, I can't remember what the publication is, but they talk to, they catch up with one of these girls. This was before the documentary. I think it was like 2014 or something. And they interview her and she's sitting at a bar and she's talking about this experience as she's smoking a cigarette. Yeah. Well, you know, we are humans. That's true. Or are we? Um, Okay, wait a second. Let's get back to this real quick. Listen, Roswell. <laughs> over there in his studio. Okay, so they reported that these kids or that these alien beings were about the height of a grade six. And uh they one of the things that they said they saw two little guys and one of them was running in slow motion across the ship, which is really crazy to think about. And um, it was one big UFO surrounded by smaller ones. Where it landed, the grass was burnt. So that's something. And um, though I should note that not every student at the school saw something. And it allegedly lasted about 15 minutes. So I have some questions there. And also, I feel like that would be me. If, like, that would be the one day that... The, the string cheese that my mom packed me just didn't sit right at snack time. And I'm sitting over here on a toilet during recess. And then I come back and I'm like, hey, guys, what I missed? They're going to be like, uh, <laughs> that, I can't believe there was I can't I can't find an accurate number of how many students were at the school. But there was like definitely over 100 that didn't see it. And none of the, none of the teachers said that they saw it. Though in that documentary, they did interview a teacher who was like, "I should have believed the kids, and I do now." And she apologized, but yeah. so I don't know. But um, yeah, I, a, a woman that was a UFO researcher named Cynthia Hine arrived at the scene the next day, and she started interviewing the kids. And then media outlets started coming in, and there was this controversial psychiatrist from Harvard that was a yes. Pulitzer Prize winner, and he um, interviewed the kids. And that's when they really started to get into the the telepathy that they because it was like the kids went into like a trance and like looked into the big eyes of these beings, and that's when they believed that the aliens told them telepathically about the planet and all that stuff. Um, and then, yeah, the, there's a new documentary. It's called Aerial Phenomenon by Randall Nickerson. And uh, I haven't seen it yet, but it is streaming on the website for that movie. I believe it's like $20 to stream. But I really want to see it because it's all about this. And this is maybe my favorite UFO story ever. Yeah, I I just um, I find it comforting. I find you know I love mysteries and all that stuff, but for me it it just it just it just makes me go okay. I didn't imagine all of that. It was real. Can you hear the people talking in the background? No. Um, okay. Coco, That's all right. I think you're, I think you're hearing voices. <laughs> no, it's, it's it's. I'm telling you, my Spanish neighbors are very loud. <laughs> no, I can't hear anything. 
If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, honey. And June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens. And don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the Detective Club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but Watch out. You never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed. But will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. I want to make sure that... I get a chance to talk to you about this TV show that you're on, which I watched. It's really cute. Congratulations on doing this show. You're so perfect for it. And it's paranormal. I mean, it literally has paranormal in the title. Yes. Originally it didn't. It was called Dead Endia. And Hamish Steele, who wrote the graphic books that it's based on, um, I uh, got to work with Netflix and he was so nervous about bringing up the whole storyline about the hero of the, the, the show and the books is trans. And um, they were all in, you know, that they, they were like, I, no, that's why we want the show. So um, I think it was a wonderful way. But I think that his challenges were when they changed it to Dead End Paranormal Park, uh, because they want to give the audience an idea of what they're going to see before they even see it. So It's not like... Um an adult cartoon or anything like that. I, I found it very cute and I will. It's young adult really. Yeah. And it's, I think seven and above. The, what's fascinating to, to me that the response has been because I've been pushing it on my fans, which are not children, obviously. Uh, so I have people my age watching it and being like, can't wait for season yeah. two. I thought, well, they'll watch it as a favor for me, but no, they're actually into it. And part of the response, and it's a response I had, was I thought I, I would enjoy it. It's cute, great. The whole trans thing was going to be empowering. But I watched it going, oh my God, I didn't have this going mm-hmm. on. And I grieved for myself that there was nothing back then. And nothing for a very long time in my life. And so um, I, it, it hit me again of how important representation is. For, for kids to see themselves is important. Yeah. And it deals with 
paranormal stuff a little bit. I mean, like in a cute, cartoony kind of way, age appropriate way. It's it is, but some of it's creepy. It is actually the, creepy. The night of the living kids with the and the noises that they're making. It's and there's kind of jolting shots, and uh, so they keep it. But I think I think kids are drawn to horror. I oh, was, I was for sure. Uh, we used to have chiller, and this hand would, you know, this clay animated hand would come out with six fingers. And oh, I just, oh, I lost it. You lost what? You disappeared, but you can still I can hear, hear me. You. Can you see yes. me? Yes. Was it the? Did the chiller mm-hmm. hand turn me off? I think the chiller hand knocked something off, but uh, I'm back. Uh, but anyway. Uh, so I've always loved horror, and I think queer people, especially, we love horror for many reasons that we can talk about. But I think horror has, and the queer community, sort of have always gone hand. You know, hand. I've also always felt a a lot of reasons. Um, you know, of course, paranormal goes along with horror, but I think that there's there's certain reasons why I think the paranormal and queerness go hand in hand. And I think about it a lot, but I was recently thinking a lot about how aliens, ghosts are so misunderstood and thought of as being terrifying and have been for so long. And they've been demonized and villainized. And I wonder if there's a connection there as well for some kind of fascination. The the otherness of something. But also, you know, when you... When, when the world is here, right, and everybody who identifies and fits into this world, uh, and then there's people like you and I who go, I don't exactly fit in this world. Well, we start living outside these boundaries and, and we figure out ways to survive. And those monsters, you know, growing up with the werewolf and what, them, them not fitting in and figuring out ways to survive, uh, I think resonates with um with people like us. Don't drag me into this. I am not some monster. Honey, <laughs> you are Roswell <laughs> from here on out. Hey, let me do another thing with you. Can I play you some ghost voices? Ooh, yes. All right, it's time for Evie. I ho- I'm hoping I'm hoping one of them's Jackie B. Oh, she's Still with us, actually. Still alive. alive, Last time I checked. Um, It's time for EVPs or EVPs. EVPs or EVPs. We did this last time. So what I do, I go to YouTube. I look for electronic voice phenomena or EVPs. These are voices that have been allegedly captured by well they've been captured by ghost hunters and they believe that they are ghost speaking and i'm going to play them for you and i'm going to have you tell me what you think you hear and we're going to guess what the ghost hunter believes they heard this first one is from grim ghost tours and it's in salt lake city at the city and county building in old town and it's creepy I guess I'm just going to hold my phone up. Hopefully this will work. Okay, there's obviously a lot of background noise, but there's a voice whispering above it. So let's try it. 
I hear you owe Coco $2,000 cause I worked in Salt Lake city once and they didn't pay me, but no, I don't hear anything. <laughs> to you, check out. Is it the ghost of the promoter that owes you money? Yeah. Yes, I think that's what it is. I owe Coco $2,000. Okay, wait. I really do hear it. So I think this is a Zoom problem. No, but tell me what it is. Okay, let me just try it one more time. It's like, da, 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 da. okay. I hear the I hear the whisper, but I can't make out what it is. Okay, well, one of these is the correct answer. Is it A, we owe you $2,000? No, it's not that. Is it A, she must leave? Is it B, hey, fix your cleave? Like, you know when your cleavage is kind of, like, weird? Mm -hmm. Is it Mm -hmm. C, I don't believe you? Or D, where's the beef? (laughs) Okay, let me play it again. Play it one more time. It's where's the beef? <laughs> is that what you call two thousand um, dollars? It is a. She must yeah, leave. Course. She must leave. Okay, now that we know that, I, I that's a shady ghost. She must. She must leave. She must leave. She's never getting her money from us. Okay, mm-hmm. hopefully this one will be more successful. This is from P-I-S-T Ghost. Pissed Ghost. It is at the Old Cemetery Office in Mount Olivet Cemetery in Nashville, Tennessee. What is it saying? Girl. I mean, it's creepy, but I can't think it out. Okay. Well, is it A, call Reddit? Like maybe you got some gossip. Call Reddit. Put it on Reddit. Is it B, come right in? Is it C, you ready? Or D, try Rite Aid? Like, you know, when CVS doesn't have it. Okay, let's. I love Rite Aid. I do too. One more time. Come right in. Come right in. Is that one of the options? Yeah. Now, see, I forgot that was one of the options, but that's what I heard. Yeah. Come right yeah, that's in. creepy. That is creepy. That's also, creepy. I feel like I can hear, like, the mouth noises. Like the, like, come right in. <laughs> like, I feel like I can hear that, which yeah. I usually don't hear from a ghost. Um, yeah. Okay. That's a horny ghost. Ooh, horny um, at the cemetery. I told you, did I tell you about the time I, because you've been going to places that are haunted now, like actually doing your own. As much as I can. I love it. Yeah. There was a hotel I stayed in, in Sacramento. Did I tell you this on the last show? I don't think so. Oh, well, anyway, as soon as I, well, it was an old building. So that is always a little, but you know how you can walk into a place and you automatically feel like you're being looked at or you just feel something. And I mean, so I yeah. said, that's, I said to I'm the, always uh, turning uh, a look though, so I can't help it. I'm just used to that. <laughs> um, so I said to the person working there, I said, excuse me, is this place haunted? And she said, we're not supposed to say anything unless you ask. And uh, 
And since you've asked, yes, it is haunted by two children. It had been a, uh, a place where prostitutes would work and they also lived there. And two of them had children and they haunted two different rooms. So they said, one child will bounce a ball in the middle of the night and the other one will pull the blanket off for you standing at the end of the bed. And then she said, would you like either of those rooms? <laughs> now, what would your answer what would your answer be? Hell no. I, really? No. I am not dealing with kids alive or dead. Oh, well, that I, I said no as well, but I'm surprised. I would have assumed be, you being so intrigued by the after, uh, no. ghost. That's where I draw no, the line no. is I will stay at a haunted hotel. I'm not sleeping in that room unless there's something in it for me or if I'm with people that will stay up all night, whatever. But if I'm there to rest, hell no. I'm not dealing with Bobby Brady with his little ball bouncing everywhere. No way. I'm the same way. I, I, I can't. I do love that rule, though. Like, we won't tell you it's haunted unless. But since you asked, that's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I stayed in another hotel. Uh, they had the same rule. I don't remember where in Colorado, I asked if that hotel was haunted and they said the same thing. We're not supposed to say anything, but since you asked and that was haunted by a minor. Another child? No, a minor, not a minor, <laughs> but uh, someone like who digs in the earth and collects coal, I guess. Got it. Got it. Gold. Different yeah. kind of minor. Okay. Well, with our last little bit of time we have together, Coco, I just want to. Is this it? I didn't tell any stories, but I guess because I told them all the first. Well, you time. did. Listen, the floor is open. Do you got a good paranormal story that you haven't told us yet? I really don't. <laughs> I really, really. I'm trying to think because I feel like I've I've told them all, and I, I told you how I used to obsessively draw like what probably looked like hieroglyphics as a kid. No, you haven't. Yes, I used to obsessively draw these little designs in lines like hieroglyphics, but I knew they weren't hieroglyphics because, I mean, I liked Egypt, but it was, but to me it was, um, I, I was writing, uh, I knew it was connected to the alien experience, but I, but I was too young to know why. Only years later do you see these symbols that look like, hieroglyphics in a weird way, but I used to obsessively draw these things, little shapes. Or could it be a past life thing? Maybe. I have no idea. But to me, it was always related to that experience of missing time. I knew that it had something to do with the missing time that I had, but I couldn't put it together. Mm, Maybe they taught you how to draw hieroglyphics in that time. And uh, well, I, you've seen I've now as an adult, I've seen on, you know, now that we have the Internet, when I, people have reported uh, seeing stuff and then they, they remember it and they can draw it out. And it looks so much like what I used to draw as a kid. Cool. It is cool. Anyway, that was my one little other story. Well, I was thinking that I could just kind of list a bunch of paranormal things and see if maybe something comes up all right what about okay well sleep paralysis which is like you know it's one of these things that there are explanations for but it goes into that murky area where you can also sometimes see full-on demon looking creatures have you ever had Mm -hmm. anything like that happen 
I've never had anything like that happen, but I know people that have. Uh, and a, a very good friend of mine had that happen. And she said it was absolutely terrifying. It's so scary. I've and, ne- and she said she said that there was um, it was uh, uh, a presence in the room with her. She could see the outline of it and um, she just could not move. That's like back to the hotel thing. I'm not doing things where you're messing with my sleep. That that to me is it's so vulnerable. Sleep and shower. That should be off limits. If you're a ghost or a demon or alien or any of it. Yes. Actually, it be. a listener named Vanessa sent me a story about sleep paralysis. Let me read it to you. It's real quick. Um, mm-hmm. Vanessa writes, so a while back, I believe I experienced my first run in with possible sleep paralysis. I am admittedly a side sleeper, which P.S. Coco, I, that really seems to be people find that if you sleep on your side or your back, it happens more. Oh, really? Yes. Um, So I'm not sure if I rolled onto my back or not during the night, but usually I fall asleep on my side. Anyways, this night I woke up to the distinct feeling of someone or something slowly pulling on my blanket. Half asleep, I thought nothing of it, uh, thinking it was my fiancé tugging on the sheets until I realized... He wasn't there that night. I was home alone. Then I felt something grabbing my foot and pulling me off the bed. Now panicked, I looked over and saw a dark, shadowy figure standing right next to my bed. I truly couldn't make out any discernible features, just this strange, dark energy. I tried to scream, but nothing came out. I started flailing, and I think that action is what actually woke me up. I immediately sat up in bed, and I remember waking up in tears. I felt it felt way too real to just be a nightmare. I've never experienced anything like that before, and I haven't since I wrote that in. It's just one. It's just a weird one-off event that I truly hope to never experience again. Horrifying. Oh, my God. So horrifying. It is well, so scary. Yeah. I, I, that's, and that's exactly what my friend described, though. Maybe not the, the sheets being pulled off, but that dark energy and trying to scream. Her husband was laying next to her, but she couldn't get him to notice. And her eyes were open. So she was completely paralyzed looking around, and all that she could move were her eyes. Terrifying. I hate that so much. Um, now, I did share with you the story about my sister seeing the alien standing next to her bed the last time we spoke. Remind me what that one was. Uh, so in the 19, um, you'll remember. So in the 19, I would say 60s, because I was probably two years old. My parents had taken me uh, on a vacation they were taking out to California. So my sister was home alone with my brother who are much older, but they still lived at home. And my sister had just laid down to go to bed and she rolled over onto her side and standing up against her bed was what she described later as an alien. At the time, it was just called this greenish bluish man. And he had a big head very short, so really only she could only see his head sort of 
leaning into the bed, Ew. right in her face. But here's the really creepy part. It had large black eyes and a little mouth. And the little mouth started to get into an O like this. And it kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And then it started rocking its head like this. And she interpreted that as it's laughing at me. And she finally screamed and it scampered into the next room. My brother heard her screaming and ran up to the third floor because she was in the attic. And um, he said, you were dreaming. She said, I literally turned the light off and rolled over. And this thing was next. I didn't, I wasn't sleeping. And then uh, two weeks later or so, when we came back, our neighbor, Anne, called and said, Helen, I have to talk to you. I saw something. I've been trying to put it out of my mind, but I can't. And my mother said, what's going on? And she said, I have all these kids, you know, and I forgot the laundry out on the line. I went out late at night to take in the laundry. And as I'm taking it down, I looked over and standing up against the fence in my backyard was this little greenish, bluish man with these large black eyes who had this little mouth and it just started getting bigger and it started rocking its, and my mother is listening to this knowing that my sister had experienced it. When did this, you see this? And it turned out they both saw it on the same night. And what always fascinated me was whenever they talked about it, because I, I asked Dan years later about this and they would turn their head while talking about it when they got to the mouth when they tried to describe what it was doing with its mouth is when they would sort of really try to picture it, you know, and that little detail always uh, triggered, you know, it was creepy to me that they'd be talking to you like this. And then when they got to the mouth, it was over here. And, um, but it's just that visual of the head doing this. And, you know, Jeff Plotnick stole that from me. I told him that story and he put it in one of his weird videos uh, years back but um yeah so and i told you on the last thing that when i read um whitley striver's book years later and not in the 90s when it came out maybe 1990 i don't remember when it came out but um that was the first time i read something exactly what my sister just described uh it was the first time i ever heard it outside of my family he describes something similar with the mouth. And what is that? Are they literally laughing at people or? I don't think they're laughing. I, I don't know what that is. Who knows? But uh, apparently there were, there's, you know, you grow, I grew up when I got to see uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, that white gray alien, you know, but apparently there were other kinds and, um, he described in his book, The Gray Alien, but also this sort of bluish, greenish one that is maybe more of a worker. And uh, and anyway, I just found that. Yeah, I know I told this to you because you had it in your list of bullets that uh, years later, my niece was living in that same room and she would wake up crying that the smiley man was standing next to her bed. I feel and like so, I remember that detail. I don't remember yeah. this first detail. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't have told you that detail if I hadn't told you the other one. But I, since I'm actually seeing you, I, I wanted to do to the head rocking exactly because I find it so uh, creepy. 
And oh, uh, my, my, God. my sister to this day um, knows that that happened to her. And she is not a horror paranormal person. You know, she's not into it. Never was. Do you think that aliens are from another planet or where where do you think they live? Well, years I always thought, yeah, they live in some other galaxy. But I um, years ago I I had this feeling uh that they were us traveling back in time, skipping back through time, and uh and that everything exists all at once, maybe, and that they're they're traveling back in time to make sure that we don't screw up things and who knows, but I had that that idea, and 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 then one of the symbols I used to draw as a kid was um, like sort of a triangle going this way, and another one coming to meet it this way, and and then I would draw this dot in the middle, and for some reason this side was us, and this side was them. Isn't that weird? Hmm. And and whatever that middle part was, where it's all I don't know what that what is, but that to me is a memory as a kid that when I drew this symbol, this was us and that's them. Isn't that strange? I've never seen the TV show This Is Us, but is that what it's about? <laughs> I've never watched it either. Now I'll have to check it out. Wait, so that is an interesting theory that they're like, that that's what we turn into. Or that little dot that you drew, is that some kind of machine we go through and we turn into them? Or uh, well, how... Is that the Big Bang moment? And we came out this side of the universe and they came out that side of the universe. I don't know. but Do you want as, to... Go- as, Sorry, go ahead. I, I'm just saying, again, as you know, these were not... Um, these were not things that I was doing as an adult to create. These were drawings that I made as a kid. And in my childish mind, it didn't make sense. But I, I can recall feeling like this side is them and that side is them. And to me, that's that's an eerie detail to, re, to remember. Yeah. Um, but I, all I hope is that I witness it again in my lifetime. And I would love to be alive when they finally make contact. Because I want answers. I've suffered in a weird way way with this of it's bad enough being a gay kid but a gay kid that has something strange happen to them and then you're made to believe that it didn't happen or you're made fun of when you try to share it with people that's doubly traumatizing so i i would like answers yeah i know i get that but it's so fun to just get little peeks into what it could be you know because yeah, that because yeah. then it's just like oh yeah larry my neighbor the alien like it's like that that's no longer fun for me if they're just they're just like us. well i guess that's true like part of even if you believe in any kind of religious experience or re- religion it's like it's meant to be a mystery mm-hmm. and and that's the joy, really, is getting to live in a mystery rather than knowing everything. And so okay. uh, mysteries can be fun. Unfortunately, they 
most religions have said this is this is it and this is what you have to believe. you know and that's not really what provokes imagination and creativity yeah i know well Russ, did i bring you down <laughs> Yeah, I'm just really mad about religious extremists right now. I'm they're on my last nerve. Me too. And I think uh bringing it back to Dead End Paranormal Park available now on Netflix. Sh- available now on Netflix. I do believe that's why it's important for not only kids to watch the show, but any LGBTQ plus people, their allies, they should tune into the show just to let Netflix know these are the shows we want on television for us and for our children. We want our children to be raised in a community of diversity that nature is diverse. And, and so, and so we as a species are diverse and we should be celebrating that and embracing it because that's when the magic happens is when, you know, and you and I, Roz, we've experienced that kind of magic in our own lives and when you experience that, you want other people to share that with you. Yeah. Otherwise, why why go on? It's that mad, you know. And so that I think that's one of the roles of LGBTQ people is to uh, share with others that sort of magic of stepping outside this little box. Well, thank you for sharing your magic with me all the way from España. Um, we have to wrap it up, Coco, but I, know, I, I so appreciate it. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, as I've said before, you're literally, you're one of the best, I, I never know the right word, monologists, monologists. You're the best, you're a storyteller. Bullshit artist, <laughs> my mother would say. And I could listen to your stories for hours and hours. Um, and I hope to talk to you again on this podcast sometime. But in the meantime, can you tell everyone where to find you and, and all the stuff you want them oh, to know? Oh, I'm on Instagram and I'm on Twitter and all the other social stuff. But um, And then my, my website, cocopooch.com. And, um, I really ask you to please watch Dead End Paranormal Park and support support it. Thank you so much to Coco Peru. Hey, are you following the show? You subscribed? Please be. Tell your friends about it. Rate it five stars on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever. And leave me a nice review. Or leave me a ghost story. Send me ghost stories. You can put it in a five-star review. Or you could email me at ghostedbyroz at gmail.com. You could find me on Instagram at Roz Hernandez. TikTok and Twitter at It's Roz Hernandez. Patreon.com slash Roz There's a link in the description of this episode. Anyway, I love you all, both living and dead. But if I didn't ask you to haunt me, don't haunt me. Okay, bye! Star Avenue, a podcast. <clears throat> A podcast network.